Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Roleplaying as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, joining me today, I have Charlie from Parable Games. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's been a pleasure. It's We were just talking before this, and it's just shy of a year, I think, since last time we chatted, and you, you've been busy. Yeah, no, it's been a been quite a... A busy year of kind of finishing up kind of kickstarters shipping stuff um we've had a very big convention presence this year as well so it's been busy 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 oh and we launched patreon as well um so that's the other thing we've been doing on the shiver sides of things um but yes mad mad busy yeah uh so tell me just before we get into the the nitty-gritty of it if you guys want to hear about charlie's uh shiver game or if you want to actually hear about how he got started in the hobby uh i will link uh the episode below but i am very curious what's uh what's uh the patreon what do you what do you uh do with it so our patreon is a way for us to explore with our kind of like regular fan base lots and lots of different parts of the subgenre of horror um so obviously we've done our like big releases with gothic and we've got double feature with slasher and blockbuster coming up but there's so many corners of horror where they don't fully kind of fit into kind of one specific theme and that's what the patrons allowed us to do so every month um on our lowest tier for five pounds you can get a full ready to run straight out of the box adventure for shiver um so a, a few examples of ones that have kind of been recently released um, we've had a ancient aquanaut, um, kind of like a giant diver suit rampaging around a submarine um, that you're trying to escape from. We've had hellhounds, we've had demons, um, kind of mutant boars, all sorts of weird, good horror goodness, um, and a good handful of cryptids um, as well. So, so that's kind of on our base tier, and then we're doing case files as well on top of that which is where we create like a new creature with new rules, um, an idea of like kind of the stories and structure that you could put into them, as well as like a little bit of a short story and some lore based stuff um, as well at the front of it um, and to kind of dig your teeth into as well. And then at our top tier, um, we've been releasing a new mini horror game or piece of kind of horror content um, for as, as part of our kind of top tier. Um, so we've done a social deduction game, for example, that um, that's about uh, a mimic that is in a tavern. Um, so it basically takes your typical like, D&D opener where you're jumping into a tavern. Um, the lights go out. Somebody cries. Someone's in this tavern's a mimic. They turn up dead. And then you're trying to figure out who the mimic is in the tavern before they kill all of the tavern goers. Um, as well as various other games. So yeah, so, so so that's what we're kind of doing over on Patreon. So if you're looking for kind of like regular games or new ideas um, or stories to kind of run with Shivel or anything else that you're kind of, or any other system that you're using to kind of run horror stuff, um, then it's, yeah, really worth checking out. Uh, so that's what's going on on Patreon. The the last one sounds almost kind of like a, a fantasy clue game. Yes, it's very like fantasy clue, um, a bit of like mafia werewolf. Um, if you've ever played oh, that, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's kind of it's very much in that vein. It's because I, I just wanted something that would get people to push their character sheets away for a moment and focus on the role play, social deduction side of things. Um, so we've been using it as like a 
icebreaker for like new fantasy games um or or as like a bit of a palate cleanser after you've kind of like done an arc and you find your, your party's back in a tavern we find it's a really good way to introduce new characters or kind of like shake things up for a quick session um especially if you haven't done any prep and you need a bit of a break it can be a really good uh mini game to play but- that sounds a lot of fun. I'm just imagining it's just like, uh, it's just like, so who did it? Well, I believe it was the candlestick in the VIP lounge with the candlestick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Um, and your new game, um, which apparently I'm not supposed to play, but unfortunately I've already read it, so I have to re- I have to play it in seven days, or else something bad's going to happen to me. I don't know what, but I'm kind of terrified. So, um. <laughs> Please tell me about your game and how I can maybe hopefully survive. Absolutely. So our new game uh, with a Kickstarter launch on October 3rd is called Don't Play This Game. Um, but obviously, please do. Um, the The <laughs> idea of this, the idea of this game is, is did you ever receive a kind of chain email or a chain letter like when you were younger? Like that say, you know, yeah. pass this on in seven days or something will happen or you're cursed by something. Yeah. Um, so, so it's something I remember very distinctly, like kind of when we first got access to emails when we were at school um, mm-hmm. and these kind of crazy chain letter type things and chain email things going around. And I, I kind of was thinking about it. So I was reminiscing with some friends um, when I kind of came up with the idea for this about some stuff at school. Um, and it was just I had this idea of what if you played a game where and some kind of evil entity attached itself to your life or your character's life, as it were, and made bad things happen to you. But part of the game is that it wants you to record it. It wants you to make an artifact of what it's doing to you because that's how it feeds. That's how it stays alive. Um, and that's morphed into Don't Play This Game, which is a um, fundamentally a solo RPG where you create a character where this evil entity starts making bad things happen to you and forces you to record them, um, whether that's writing it down um, or taking photos, making artifacts, recording audio, video. Um, so one of the things that we're really, really keen on with this is that um, the book actually prompts you to put the book down and go out and take a photo of an abandoned building, for example, or go find a spooky object and bring it back um, and, and and put it in your record somehow. So I, I really kind of fell in love with solo RPG games um, and the journaling aspect is always kind of like the foundation block of that. Yeah. But what we're aiming for Don't Play This Game to be is something that allows you to create these spooky stories that then kind of become more of a haunted scrapbook more than a journal um, is, is kind of how it works. And, and the great kicker with this is is that your character can live your character can die they your character can go mad trying to fight against this entity but no matter what the outcome is no matter what happens um your record is going to be passed on to somebody so this can be a character that you make yourselves um so i could play for as a character my character dies and then a new character that i create um discovers the journal and then they become cursed very much like the kind of chain letter methodology. The bit where this gets really interesting in my brain for me is that, um, so say I play through the game and then I hand you my record and I say, here you go, Santa, you are now cursed. Um, And now what happens is is if you have the kind of rule book for don't play this game, you're then reading through my record 
and then you're fundamentally creating a sequel. You're taking inspiration um, and carrying the story on in your own way through your own experience. So I really kind of started to kind of dig down into this idea of taking solo RPG play and turning it into a multiplayer community experience where people are interacting and spider webbing into creating their own spooky fiction. Um, so kind of trying to really build a community and multiplayer element to solo role-playing games. That honestly, like you talk about it, it sounds really neat. And it's almost kind of reminds me of like, um, uh, the almost like not, not necessarily exactly it, but I, but like the found footage kind of series or the, or the, even like that, uh, I don't remember if you remember this movie, it's from a long time ago, but like the number 23, because he finds the information about it and he starts uh, obsessing about it and it just keeps on getting passed on and on all this information where it's almost like the information itself was kind of cursed. Uh, oh, it's, oh, it's the Jim Carrey one, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. A very long time ago, yeah. But um, but found but found footage stuff, absolutely. Like it's a huge influence on this. Um, of that, I, I feel like this is the kind of these kind of stories I find pop up in that subgenre of horror the most. And obviously, yeah. I'm a horror nut, so of course I was going to go out and make another horror game after Shiver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, like the way I remember pitching it to barney um my brother and business partner was when we were talking about it it was um kind of talking about the interactive elements of like something like pokemon go but rather where you like putting the book down you're going outside you're making things you're taking photos you're going to interesting places um getting some exercise and stuff whilst you're doing it as well um but i wanted that experience whilst thoroughly creeping myself out <laughs> um, and and basically what it became was it's like pokemon go if you're going out and you're trying to find the blair witch rather than charizard oh, that's that's, cool. that's it so it's pokemon go for the blair witch um and, <laughs> and 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 that's it in a nutshell um i think if you love found footage horror and you like kind of analog horror as well because that's a very big part of this um where everything is very tactile and quite gritty yeah. um then I think this will be really for you. And it's, and it's, it's also something I, the, the main thing with this is, and I had this ethos with Shiver as well, but I think this one is dialing it up to 11, is I really want to encourage people to make stuff. And I really want to see what people make. because with, and, and it's why I kind of wanted to lean away from uh, just journaling um, kind of with this, of being like, you can draw stuff, you can take photos, you can do audio recordings, you can do video. It's a real multimedia approach where anything and everything is absolutely like on the table, like for how you want to approach your records. So we've been talking to people who are like literally going to make small notes and then it's they're taking Polaroids um, and kind of like distressing them and putting them in like a photo scrapbook. Yeah. We already have on our community, someone's doing um, audio logs that they're releasing weekly um oh, as they cool. as they play a session like every week it's fantastic like it's it's uh, it really really excites me to see kind of where this community could go in terms of people sharing their creativity their spooky stories with one another um and also encouraging one another and building upon that um to kind of create this interweaved um kind of fictional narrative world um yeah. that they're all sharing well, it's kind of intro. Like, I, I'm kind of curious because uh, I know you're a horror buff. 
Um, did you take any inspiration from how kind of the um, how H.P. Lovecraft ha- had his stories kind of written, but also how they were almost promoted? And I'm only saying this because it it looks it looks like it's meant to be built upon and built upon and built upon. And I know with H.P. Lovecraft when his uh, books, he left in all those kind of em- open ended kind of uh, concepts so that other people could attach on and build up the mythos. And I'm wondering, did you did you get any inspiration from that kind of style of horror? Definitely, yeah. No, um, the the I think the real kind of the beauty of the fear with certain horror lies within ambig- ambiguity a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Um, obviously, too much ambiguity can be frustrating at times, but if there's just enough, there's enough to go on, and especially a framework which this is what this is trying to provide for people to as you say spiral off on somebody's idea um it 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 creates a self-generating mythos as long as people are engaging with it it grows um which hilariously is what the entity wants um so (laughs) it's it's, 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 you've all been tricked um but yes but no um but no lovecraft definitely a a inspiration i think in that regard especially on that level of um ambiguity and open-endedness of that you're going to get some answers but you're not going to understand or have the answers for everything um and when i've been kind of playing it through and testing the game myself that that tends to form quite naturally of that especially when you're approaching something from a first person perspective that view is so narrow you're never going to see everything um that's going to explain every facet of what's going on um that's for someone who picks up your record to decide and move forward with and cre- and then they'll create mysteries of their own and spider web and spider web and spider web um but i i'd, I'd be remiss to say if i i didn't um take big inspiration from dracula as well i mean like possibly the the, the first major journalistic kind of um or like journal based i should say kind of horror story yeah. kind of expressed in letters and journal entries and um and, and things i think that is definitely a big inspiration for this as well in terms of that structure so it's kind of like if you take the the journal structure of dracula um fuse it with the ambiguity of lovecraft and then shunt it forward into the 90s where everything is just covered in that vhs fuzz <laughs> that's how i'd i'd uh, that's the tr- that's the triangle um i would i would say well, it is like because I, I'm when I was reading through it, the first thing I noticed one, very enjoyable read. It almost reads like the person who, well, it does read like the person who last read the, like read the game, kind of wrote their own manuscript for it, and mm-hmm. it it plays off very fascinatingly because it's even like, uh, I don't know, I I can cut this part if you want, but. This one part, it's like, I ignored it. Some stupid chain letters, pranks, I was sure. But seven days later, my dog got hit by a car. I read the book again. To my horror, the pages had changed. I was like, oh, shit. And, like, this is just on how to play the game. Like, I was so... I I wasn't engaged in the writing. And that's hard to do for an RPG book. And I was just blown away with how it's written, how it flows. I, like, it, I just thought it was, like, the coolest yeah. thing to read. Thank you. So, so, so that makes me deeply proud to hear <laughs> because that was one of the most 
challenging things I found with developing this. It wasn't yeah. the events, it was the mode of address, as I call it. Um, and we went through various iterations figuring this out. Um, because me and Barney talked about this at length um, when I was kind of sending him drafts and kind of going through things of that. Um, we kind of landed on that the only bit of the book that should be addressed like it is a dry, no-nonsense rule book is the safety tools at the front of the book. Yeah. Um, to make sure that everyone's kind of engaged in a way that they feel safe, they feel comfortable. After that, the whole point of that approach we found is to make sure that people don't get broken out of being immersed. Even when they're reading the rules, we want them to feel like they've stumbled across something that they shouldn't have, but they're in it now and they've got to keep going. Yeah. Um, so it makes me very, very happy that you've had that experience with it already just from the kind of uh, the demo that we've been kind of, that we've released. Um, that, yeah, that, that we have these, um, I call them dueling narrators of that you have the, um, the person who has kind of written you uh, this little survival guide trying to help you from their previous record you don't know whether you can trust them or not. They're potentially mm -hmm. a bit of an unreliable narrator. And then you actually have the entity interrupting at certain points as well, um, telling you things that are happening um, or, or kind of um, kind of almost cutting off um, where this, character is, this other character is trying to help you. So you have these multiple voices within the book explaining to you how the game works, but also weaving a narrative of their own in the background as well. So yes, no, very, very, very happy that you you enjoyed that that element. No, I, I definitely did because so, sometimes, like, I'm not going to list any games or anything like that. But sometimes you read a game and it, it's hard to get through it. And this one, I was just like, oh, this is neat. Oh, this is cool. And just how it's talking almost like a person to person through the pages, it it really works really well, and it really captures uh, the style of horror horror that you're trying to portray. Uh, which kind of brings me to, and sorry, I'm going to come off as a little bit of a fanboy, but I'm not going to lie, you're kind of making me a bit of a fanboy every time <laughs> I see some of your stuff. Um, but whenever I look at your games, you're ca like, yeah, you're doing another horror game, but you're not doing a horror game that's just like, oh, this is like, this is just Shiver with another kind of reskin. This is just, you're capturing the genre and mm. you're, you're putting it into a style that fits the game fit or fits the narrative and fits the style of the stories that you want to portray. Like with shiver, you wanted to have the flasher slash horror kind of, you know, there's the big bad monster that's coming mm -hmm. at you and he's definitely stronger than you. He's definitely better than you. So you can't just be running and charging and attacking him all willy nilly. And in this one, like I'm reading it and I have that feel of those lost footage uh, of the found footage kind of thing uh, movies. I'm getting the, you know, the, the most obvious one I'm going to reference is I'm getting the feel of the Blair Witch Project. I'm getting mm. the feel of those kind of movies that really make it seem like these people are not here to like they stumbled upon this and they're uncovering just as much as the movie's rolling as I am. And I really appreciate that in a uh, design of a game. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's like with Chiver. Chiver was very much born out of my love for very much like kind of like the B horror movie scene of like stuff that's a little bit pulpy, quite fun. Yep. 
um quite a tongue sometimes firmly in cheek i mean like shiva can drift into being kind of very scary at certain points but it's you there's usually a good amount of balance um don't play this game very much came from my memories of watching found footage movies at sleepovers when i was a kid wandering around on the train tracks and like all like the desolate areas of like the midlands where i grew up it very oh. mu- it comes from a very personal place of that kind of creepiness that you experience um where things are kind of empty abandoned gritty and grimy and there are these local legends or like stories that people mumble about kind of you know in the corners of classrooms that you never really know whether they're true or not um and i think really it's to be frank as like when i said to barney it's like i really have enjoyed doing shiver but for me i really want to make a game where i could scare myself and other people shitless like (laughs) and and that was the thing is like that's the thing we don't play this game is that i do feel it it really goes for the jugular on the fear front. That's it, it creeps you for. out while you're actually creating it. Yeah, yeah. Then it's and it's like if I'm starting to feel uncomfortable, a little bit creeped out by it, then I know I'm on the right track. Sometimes it makes yeah. it quite exhausting to write. Not gonna lie, um, but uh, it is and, and to like develop some images for it. So I'm doing um, a chunk of the art for this one as well. Um, so I'm using my um, video and like kind of film and TV background. And going out there with my camera and you know like video cameras and like old analog equipment and stuff and i'm tearing up you know old books and you know making kind of physical things scanning them in um distorting them playing around with kind of like film and and like tv techniques to make art for this as well um so it's very much coming from a a love of kind of like those found footage movies but also kind of a very um i say quite quite a personal place of the things that scared me when i was younger or like those memories of things that creeped me out i mean that there's like a handful of stories i have in my head that i think about when i think of this game that are like inspiration for this oh that's um, so cool yeah uh out of, out of curiosity do you yourself have uh not word for word, but like, do you have any cool stories that you've created throughout like your own experiences of trying out and testing the game that you kind of want to highlight? So I think through kind of like playing it, it's, I'd say more of the thing that I the way I tend to do it, like when I'm designing is I'll write an event and figure out an event. And then sometimes I'll scribble down um ideas like of, of like how i would approach it if i came across it in the game um so so i do have like some flat playthroughs um and stuff that i've done um but some of the interesting bits are like in the moment when i come up in the event and i kind of react to it straight away i think what would i say is my favorite that i've come up with so far i don't think it's in the the demo i don't think this one's in the demo um off of my memory but yeah but there's an event called the face that i really really like yeah. Um, that really creeped me out of like this um the idea is is that um so the way the events work and don't play this game it's not like other journaling rpgs where you tend to have like one prompt and you react to that and then you move on to the next prompts the events are multifaceted so they're almost like a little three act structure of you have a first part to the event a second part and a third um that and it usually has something that is escalating that you're having to deal with and make different sacrifices and choices 
the face is the whole idea with it is i'm trying to resist like trying to root around for the actual event (laughs) um but the whole idea of it is is that you start catching glimpses of like this figure's face like it might be like distorted like on a tv when you skip channels um Mm. like reflected behind you um or potentially you know that kind of half haunted kind of look when you look through a window and it's like half reflected half outside and you're not too sure what side of the surface it's actually sitting on um and the whole idea of it is is that the face gets clearer as you go through this and it also gets closer so it starts out far away and you can't and its faces and its features are distorted and it gets closer and closer and then it ends with you having an artifact uh, um, that is just called the face, and I, it basically forces you to do a drawing of the face. Like, what is oh, this face that you're seeing? Cool. And that really, it that w- I think like where that one came from for me, it was very emblematic of some nightmares that I've had. That kind of idea of the the slow thing that is just getting closer and closer and closer, and there's nothing that you can do to stop it. Um, with that, that's usually to do with dream logic. With this, it's it's a face that's just getting closer to you you it's incorporeal there's not there's nothing that you can grab or or something that you can make stop it it's just there getting closer and closer and closer so i say that's probably my favorite one that's come out so far um of it because i really that that's one i really enjoyed just coming up with that prompt and then sitting back for a moment and then in, and then i played through that prompt um that event and and did a spooky drawing Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, what was it? What was it like? Because I know you went from essentially a a team game or a group game to a solo game. Was there anything that you need to really kind of learn in order to try and well figure out how to do a solo game? Like, yeah, yeah. No, I'd 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 say it's. um, I think that I I will say that we're gonna put we're putting some notes in the full book about how to play with friends in some capacity it is fundamentally a solo game but there will be some aspects where you can bring friends in on stuff um and and kind of have a more multiplayer element to it but the main focus of it is going to be solo um that the shift into solo was really really interesting i think the mode of address was definitely one um, but for me, it was kind of how you progress through a narrative that is, to the vast majority, self-determined. So for me, in terms of like when it came to writing events, it's it's a, I mean, as you've read with the kind of demo, it's an absolute night and day scenario in terms of the style of writing that you have to do. Um, compared to like when I write story text for Shiver, it's usually quite prescriptive. Like it's it's more descriptive. There's more there. Mm-hmm. writing events for a solo rpg is very very different because you have to kind of um give stuff that gives enough flavor and enough mood and tone for where um you want kind of things to go um but leave things open enough that the players can explore and like expand expand within that space it's kind of like rather than like creating like a very detailed sand castle in a sandbox with the events, you're kind of drawing out sandboxes for people in very specific ways, and then you're leaving it open for them to build whatever horrors they want to there. Um, 
and and that is a very different style of writing so that took a little while for me to um kind of like learn um it was a lot of like reading playing um fi figuring out like go going back to um to, like some of the kind of more like solo rpg stuff of my childhood so i've like revisited fighting fantasy books um like uh, and, and and kind of all of those because they were something i grew up on with um i've been desperately trying to find my give give yourself goosebumps books cannot find them for the life of me oh um, like uh like uh, or are they called give yourself goosebumps or is it like the goosebumps series um so, so so give yourself goosebumps was a choose your own adventure solo like experience thing so it's like i absolutely used to love like the choose your own adventure books like when i was a kid um and and they definitely have had like a factor kind of in this um but other kind of solo rpgs as well um oh it like, is written by uh yeah it was written by rl stein yes yeah yeah okay yeah. That, that i i thought that was like more of a canadian thing i didn't realize that was uh in the oh, uk no, as well. no. Oh no, like Goosebumps was huge. Like, yeah, that was a massive part of my childhood. And the Give Yourself Goosebumps series, I really, really enjoyed. Apparently, they're quite rare now. I've been trying to find some, and they're not easy things to come by, um, it turns out, which is a real shame because I really enjoyed them. Um, but yeah, like, so it's been a lot of revisiting that to get that, um, that mode of address right, that those of the event structure right. And then on the back end, the really interesting thing I've been finding is, is that um, with something that's so self-propelled, how do you structure and cluster events to make every playthrough feel as satisfying, as cinematic as sitting down and playing a group game together? Um, and in particular, kind of this came from sitting down and revisiting a lot of found footage movies of like looking at those and feeling out the structural beats of those films. And the way that I have been doing it is clustering certain events together that thematically feel right for those beats. So as you move through them and roll, the game should, in theory, um, kind of in its in its full entirety, when you're moving randomly between events, give you the pacing and the feeling of being in your own found footage horror movie. So that was something that's very important to me, is um, making sure that the pacing and the feel of it being like you are starring in your own horrific film um it sh should be the feel of it so yes yeah, so, so that was like a mixture of um kind of like a narrative structural like dissection but also like maths like like just sheer number crunching in terms of figuring out so if players have got to x event what dice do they need to roll to move them forward x amount so that they don't get stuck in this band of events for too long um, it doesn't overstay its welcome or they don't get too many pleasant events, you know, that there's always a there's the right rise and fall of intensity as you move through. Um, so that was a very interesting design challenge. It's completely different from from Shiver because that is um, way more like through randomness trying to find structure, which yeah. is infuriating um, <laughs> at times, but but was was very, very necessary, um, I feel so. So that's something that I'm trying to explore and bring kind of to the table with Don't Play This Game is is kind of, yeah, doing that on the back end that the players don't see in terms of like, so when they're happily rolling away and reacting to their events, that it has that very natural pacing and rise and fall of intensity, mm -hmm. just like you're sat there watching the Blair Witch wreck. Um what other kind of fan footage films do I absolutely love? Well, I was going to say um, another big port of call is a, a lot of um, like Japanese 
horror as well um has gone as this so like stuff like ringu um cairo so pulse um is something that translates into the grudge that kind of stuff as well and yeah. recently recently um a time mum incantation as well were, came out whilst i was working on the game <laughs> and i was like this is this is perfect this is this is exactly kind of what i'm going for um so it made me feel very happy of that like yeah i was kind of heading in the right direction with it so yeah so i said those are like the three big things like in terms of approaching this as a solo project compared to like a group play project yeah. um, that really made it very different uh that's interesting I, i'm i'm probably gonna have to ask you for i've never gotten into the, any of the japanese horror but mm. i might have to check that stuff out sounds fun it's good it's it, it's a real good time they do uncomfortable creepiness in a way that of other ports of cinema i feel don't hit as well i i would say it's it's yeah oh, that's neat no it it all sounds honestly so exciting and uh i i might try and uh try and find because you said you're one of your uh one of the people in your discord was it that who's actually creating audio files for it i, I might yes. have to try and take i i'm so curious i i want to it just sounds so cool like yeah. uh, it's, it's the things like everyone's phone's got a voice memo now for free like it's it's pretty pretty much like it's all you can get like absolutely dirt cheap like little voice memo recorders now um and i find for people who really struggle like writing their thoughts down yeah. that actually that improvisational approach of just hitting record on the button having that pressure and just like read the event and just react to it it can be very freeing i think you don't get that paralysis that you sometimes get at the keyboard compared to when you're just speaking yeah actually that, that even for just writing in general that's actually a really good tip because the amount of times that i've sat down and i'm just like all these ideas in my head i get to it and i'm like i don't even know where to start yeah no that's fan like yeah no i'm like yeah, I, I'm I'm back in this. I I don't care. I I'm I'm back in this. I want it. I want to play it. Uh, it's just it just sounds so entertaining, and it's right. Anyone who's listened to this podcast for even a a short amount of time knows I love my horror, and this is just every time you come up with something new, Charlie. I'm just I I I can't wait to even take like to take even a little peek at it. Because I know you're going to capture that subgenre so damn well, and I am so excited. Like again, anyone, uh, there's going to be links in the description for uh, for the Kickstarter page. Uh, there's going to be all that kind of jazz. Uh, definitely take a look. Uh, again, this will be October third. Uh, yeah, if, if you're not interested, stop. Just stop not being interested. You will love this. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, man. Like it's, uh, I'm so excited listening to you talk about it. And like, you can tell your passion within like for horror and it just, it bleeds through the pages. Uh, no pun intended so well. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I've, I've, I've always felt just horror is a very important genre to me. And I think the world as well. And I think one of the things I'm feeling with solo RPG stuff is that, especially kind of coming out of the pandemic where obviously they really spiked in popularity as well, is that they are deeply cathartic in so many different ways. Um, and when you combine like solo role playing, which is a very cathartic experience with horror, which I would say is one of the most cathartic of genres, 
um it can it can really have a positive like emotional impact as a player experience um which is fascinating and, and just make you so deeply immersed um which is always a lot of fun yeah no doubt yeah i, I yeah i'm excited um but yeah i i i would like to thank you a lot charlie for hopping on it's always a pleasure to have you here i can't wait to see this game i can't wait to see what else you come up with um uh, but yeah, um, no worries. Thank you. It's, yeah. it's an absolute pleasure to to come back. Thank you very much. Oh no problem. You're welcome back anytime you want, man. <laughs> anytime. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but on that note, folks, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know I did, and I hope to to hear from you soon, Charlie. And I hope to uh, well, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye.